Welcome to the America's Podcast. My name is John Schroeder, and today I am joined by Ryan Ifeola. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Awesome. So, Ryan, I got a chance to meet you actually at the Rylander, uh, right downtown. Um, our, our children were in the same play together, and so we kind of get a basic introduction. Uh, but also, our wives know each other. Uh, I think that they kind of met in the library. Our son has the same name, Judah, so that was kind of unique. So I think the librarian was like, hey, you probably need to meet together. And so that kind of started that relationship. Um, and also, even with gymnastics, uh, so we kind of go to the same, kind of the same circles, uh, even being Christians, being in the kind of the church world and church context. And so, um, and then I got a chance to hear about you being a part of the Fuller Center, but also a part of the Sumter Cycling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just in a, uh, a start of a great story. And so I just wanted you to be on the podcast and share a little bit of that. So thank you so much again uh, for coming on. So. So Ryan, tell me a little bit about what was it like growing up? Um, tell, tell us a little bit about your life. Well, I didn't grow up here in America's Georgia. I think when people hear my voice, that might be the first question uh, that people ask, where are you from? And it's not from here. I grew up in the Cleveland, Ohio okay. area, uh, suburb of Cleveland, Parm, Ohio. And uh, maybe most people feel this way, but I feel like I had, in many ways, a very ordinary childhood. Um, probably extraordinary in just one way that I was, was very extraordinarily blessed. You know, I just mm. feel like I had, had wonderful parents who really made their children a priority in their life, and I was mm. the beneficiary of that, wow. and uh, just really uh, cared for me in many ways. And uh, I had two siblings, an older mm. brother, a younger brother, so we always had friends to, to do things with around the house and make up all kinds of our own games. Uh, my older brother and I would always be on the same team against our younger brother. We felt that was the only way it was fair, but that was kind of our, our uh, childhood dynamics and uh, just had a, I think, a pretty modest upbringing, neither rich nor poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we started a pretty small home when I was young, most of my life, we moved in a little bigger home, nothing too extraordinary. So I think pretty kind of middle-class mm-hmm. America up there in, in many ways. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, what, did, what, did, what did your family do? What were your parents' kind of occupations? And yeah, um, yeah, share a little bit about that. Sure thing. Yeah, my so my dad uh, worked construction. He's a civil okay. engineer, um, but helps run a construction company. Okay. And my mom is a, a teacher, a music teacher of, of small kids, uh, about K to four. Nice. And uh, when we were younger, though, she stayed home with us. That was a decision she made. So we okay. had our mom with us for, for many years, and then she went back to, to teaching after we got a little older. Okay, okay. Yeah. So did she, did she practice on you guys with teaching, uh, just with music? Like, was she obviously musically inclined, so therefore yeah. she was like, hey, what do y'all think about this? Was that kind of a... Well, she, she really tried to get... She, she had only boys, and we love sports and things. <laughs> she would really try to get us to play piano and bribe us with money for ice cream and all kinds yes. of things. And uh, we, we would do a little of that, but it, it, music was never our first love. But, yeah. uh, you know, she was vindicated later on because I married a music teacher myself. So nice. uh, yep. it worked out in the end, but maybe not the way that she was anticipating. I got you. I got you. So what sports did you play? Yeah. So probably our main ones were, would be baseball, mm-hmm. basketball. You know, when we were younger, you can play everything. Yeah. You don't have to be, have to be a star. Yeah. Uh, so everything the school would offer we'd pretty much sign up for it and play in city leagues so yeah, yeah baseball basketball volleyball a little bit older i never played football tackle okay. football just maybe some backyard mm-hmm. football flag football that type of thing yeah yeah um yeah track i ran track through high school and um 
what am I missing? I don't know. Fast pitch, slow pitch, base, softball, baseball, um, a little bit of soccer, not too much. All right. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's just say young Ryan, six, eight, ten years old. What, what did you want to be when you grew up? Or did, did you have some, some thought about that? That was always a hard question. I think even back then, people say, you know, I don't know. I, I just want to uh, finish the school year and have summer vacation. You yeah. know, I think that was about as far as I would, would think ahead or at least know what I might want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do remember, uh, so one thing I was blessed with, I, I always had a knack for doing well in school. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I tested well, do well on tests. Um, I like to do well, so I did, even though I love sports, I also, I, I did study hard. That was a priority for me mm-hmm. and trying to, you know, do well academically. And uh, I remember from a young age, some teachers saying things like, oh, he could do anything he wants to do. So you say, okay, that's, wow, that's, that's a great. great. Encouragement. That's, yeah. that's a good encouragement. And then you say, huh, but what do I want to do? <laughs> so, and I never knew. I never knew. And we can maybe talk about some of that a little bit yeah. later. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. So, uh, I mean, was this a part of your family dynamic too? Like, did, uh, did your parents do well in school and you were just like, man, like, what, was it a part of you to aspire to do that as well? Or it just, it just came so natural to you? There wasn't any connection there? Well, you know, I, I think we all tend to forget our earliest years and, and yeah. the role that parents probably play in really instilling those values and mm-hmm. helping you prepare for tests and making sure your homework's done. And I, I think my parents, especially my mom, did a lot of that when, mm-hmm. when we were younger. Uh, but uh, they did it in such a way, I never felt like they were pushers. It was yeah. never a situation where it was like, oh, they're going to be so mad at me, or they have to bribe me, or yeah. something. Uh, you know, they, it was just our, our life, and um, they handled it gracefully enough that by the time you get older, you know, you just kind of want to do it on your own. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, high school, what was, what was high school, Ryan, like? Well, I, I hope uh, we haven't lost your audience yet. I feel like I'm the most boring interview <laughs> no, with this, this normal uh, life story here. But high school, yeah, what did I, I told you I ran track. Um, I uh, uh, studied pretty hard in school, did, 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 um, didn't get a lot of sleep because I was involved with activities and also mm-hmm. um, really still prioritized my, my schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in many ways I felt like high school sometimes was harder than, than college just because wow, yeah. of uh, playing sports and I was in some theater, I did some plays and, and uh, some musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and just some other extracurriculars there. Um, and by the time those are done, um, come home, it's pretty late. Yeah. Still, got, still got put in the, the schoolwork time. Uh, like college, for example, for those of you who have had that experience, you have more freedom in your schedule. You know, you have a few classes a day, you have some time in between. Mm-hmm. But high school, they, they got you captive from <laughs> yeah. 8 in the morning to yeah. like, mine was 2.29 in the afternoon when we would get out. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, you do some things after that. So you're a lot more limited in, in your time you can put into different activities. So it was, it was challenging. It was also, it was great. You know, I think you get a lot more freedom and, mm-hmm. um, and uh, begin to find yourself in some ways and experiment and, and see what you're good at. Yeah, yeah. What, um, as far, so you grew up in the same place, uh, kind of same area. So you had some, some long-term friendships and stuff like that. Um, so... Uh, as far as community is concerned, what was community like for you? Were you a, a very personable, you know, relational kind of person, or do you like more of the task and, and people were there? Like, what, what was it like just kind of in, in your friendship dynamic, too? I don't know. I hope I had a few friends yeah. that I had back then. Um, so I, I went to the same church throughout, you know, all that, all that life. So I had a lot of church friends. And in terms of school, 
I went to one school from preschool through eighth grade, mm-hmm. and then switched at high school. So it was pretty much all new people at high school. So that was a big, yeah. I guess, transition there. Um, and of course, you're thrown in. I give everyone your freshman first year, uh, probably what, still tail end of puberty or whatever. I'm sure awkward and all that. Yeah. Um, my older brother was a senior that year, so he, he didn't shove me into into any lockers, but uh, <laughs> helped me get to know some people, so that was good, and, and showed me some ropes there at the school. That's um, awesome. So, uh, yeah, like I said. That's uh, great. Yeah. So, so you tested well, so yeah. where, did, where did you end up in college, like from high school to college? What, what was that like? Um, yeah, I went to a, a Catholic high school and um, ended up going to a Catholic university okay. then, the um, University of Notre Dame which uh, I think it was sometimes called like the Disneyland for Catholics or something. Yeah. I actually wasn't Catholic and I went to that school, but I think it was held in a very high mm. esteem by the school there. And so that probably rubbed off on me in some ways. And uh, I did, still didn't know what I wanted to study. I went from age six when you asked me earlier, what yeah. did I want to be when I grew up to senior in high school? Still didn't really know. I was kind of thinking maybe something engineering, maybe some kind of business. Yeah. Um, and so different schools would have different strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, in those different areas, but I felt like with Notre Dame, you know, I could go either way, and they would have a good program. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I would assume yeah. that you had maybe some other colleges that you were thinking of, and so Notre Dame would just kind of fit that. Hey, they're going to give me that time and space to be able to kind of process That's right. that. That's right. That's awesome. So, all right, let me ask you this: like, so you're you're sitting there with a counselor, right? Kind of working through your framework. Um, I mean, were they, were they trying to push you in a certain way or did, what was that feeling like? Like just being there and p- people asking you, hey, what are you gonna do? Um, I mean, did, did you feel the pressure of having to figure that out or? Well, it's certainly a big decision. So you, you wrestle with that. And mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I should just choose. You know, what, mm-hmm. what is this kicking the ball down the road thing? Yeah. You know, maybe just make a choice. Um, so yeah, you know, there's, there's some pressure on that. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, I, I felt like but at least if I choose this option, I have time, and either way, it should end up with a good result. Yeah, yeah. So, so what did you end up um, pursuing? So I ended up studying a business. I got a degree in finance, and I didn't get a degree in entrepreneurship, but I took as many entrepreneurship classes as I could. That, that was okay. really what I kind of grabbed onto is a bit more of a passion, like taking an idea mm-hmm. and just turning it into something. So taking nothing into something. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's what I kind of saw entrepreneurship as. I also kind of recognize like, that's great, but if I'm not thinking, if I don't have a business idea right now, I'm not Mark Zuckerberg who just started Facebook in the yeah. middle of my college career. Yeah. Unless I know what I want to, to do with that. Yeah. How do you get a job saying I'm an entrepreneur? They might say, so you're gonna try to steal my business idea or yeah. like, what are you up to here? So I got the finance degree and uh, I just took all those classes and wow. uh, tried to learn what I could about how to, how to make something go. Gosh, I, I have kind of that entrepreneurial bent too. And so I'll be thinking, I'll be like, oh, what about this? What about that? You know, uh-huh. just getting excited. Um, I love things like Shark Tank now. I just like make my kids watch it. I'm just like, just, <laughs> you know, think, think about things um, because yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot that people can uh, create. Um, and so, uh, so all right, well, then looking back at that, just even in your past, like, did you start to see that kind of a, that entrepreneurial spirit in you throughout your life too? And um, kind of, did that help kind of solidify, like, yes, I want to take these entrepreneurial classes? Like, what sparked that, like, yeah, that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'm going to take those classes? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, you know. My brothers and I, we did some small businesses uh, up north, shoveling snow. I nice. really miss having that business down here. It really cost me dearly. Uh, raking leaves, 
so we just did little things that uh, yeah. youth can do to earn some, some money up there. Um, and, uh, you know, I think what maybe one aspect where it began to play out even at that, that early stage for me was mm-hmm. um, I, I felt like God was um, calling us to do more with our lives, to, to not just um, seek to make the greatest dollar. And mm-hmm. even though I was studying finance, which yeah. I felt like was a little bit of a contradiction, maybe not, not what would be expected of me, I felt that calling early on. So maybe if I would backtrack just a step there that mm-hmm. I, I didn't mention, when I was in high school, I began uh, volunteering with a program called Inward Bound okay. in the city of Cleveland. And there would be high school youth who would come from all over the area as well as out of state, but people from all over the country would come for this week-long program, urban immersion in the city of Cleveland, um, just kind of seeing what God was doing in the city, seeing how we can be a part of it. And this was really designed for people like me who did not grow up in an urban environment, grew up in suburbia, grew up in rural areas, Mm -hmm. to bring us in, to expose us to something completely different, give us different viewpoints, and uh, yeah, see what God was up to. And Mm. um, I think that really touched me. And now my... Uh, one of my very first experiences with that. Uh, so we, were, we would volunteer very often with several programs, but including Habitat for Humanity during the day. And the founder of Habitat for Humanity was, of course, a man from right here in America named Millard Fuller mm. and read his story about his quest for wealth. He became a self-made millionaire, and it basically ruined his life, mm-hmm. um, the, the quest for wealth. And he, he always acknowledged that that was in his situation. That might not be universal for everyone, but he had become so focused on getting rich that it had uh, torn apart his family. He had no longer truly fulfilled becoming uh, the role of a father in his household. Um, he was providing for his father. He was faithful to his family in, in paper, yeah. but his time and energy and emotions were all in his work. He mm-hmm. wasn't at all you know, spending time with his family. And how that had led he and his wife, Linda, to um, seek a new start, to see where, where God would lead them. And so I, I read that at a young age, and that touched me. That made me think. Yeah. You know, what am I aiming towards? Where am I, where am I trying to go? What am I trying to accomplish? Yeah, yeah. And um, that stuck with me. So when I was in high school, one, one thing that I did do was, was work to start a, a chapter there at my, my high school. And uh, we did a number of different volunteer activities, uh, volunteer days with local affiliates in that area mm-hmm. that the school, we were organized with students. We had an interesting experience with that um, because... It wasn't an official organization of the school, so we always had to be a little careful. They said, no, you, you can't meet at the school before you go. You've got to meet somewhere else. So we said, okay, we're going to meet at the other school in town and go out there. Um, but it, we did have a lot of, lot of uh, supporters from there and, and certainly some great faculty who helped us out and students. And uh, yeah. that, to me, was just kind of getting my, my feet wet in that. So when I went to college, mm-hmm. it was something I knew I wanted to continue although I didn't know exactly how, I didn't know what I wanted to study, I knew that was something that was gonna be a part of my, my life there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's intriguing too, because as your life's kind of being shaped and, and molded and the reality that you're taking finances, but then you're the entrepreneurial aspect of it so that you, know, you can see your life and see what the potential is. But then with this story um, of Mr. Fuller, the reality that what can it be used for? You know, again, mm-hmm. for him, it was directly at this point in his life, it was only used for one thing. And then the potential of the power of his dynamic and his and his um, his desire to see it now shape into a, another area of his life uh, forgiving. Um, and so now you kind of have some of that, 
in you. You're like, all right, I know, I know what money does. I know how money works. At the same time, uh, I'm looking at it going, okay, what does God want me to do with this now? So, so what, what leads you to Americus from uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, sure. So, um, so that was kind of entrepreneurial, launching something, nothing into something, these organizations or taking an organization that was there, trying to help it grow, doing fundraisers. That's very mm. kind of entrepreneurial in, in many ways still. Very much so, yeah. And after, as I was getting near graduation, um, I had become acquainted with, with Millard Fuller okay. um, through my work with Habitat for Humanity. Uh, I had invited him to come up and speak on our campus for a weekend of events. Wow. And uh, he accepted to my kind of astonishment and cool. uh, my excitement. And he came up there. Uh, we just had a great time. He spoke on campus. He had some other friends in the area, which lined up a lot of events, covered all the costs, things I probably should have thought of before I ever invited him up. Yeah. Like, oh, are we paying for that? But, you know, he had friends up there. So he, he was great. Just he helped awesome. take care of, of so many details and um, kind of got to just be with him for that, that weekend that he was up there. Okay. Um, and that was my junior year of mm -hmm. college. And so it was coming up to, to senior year. Uh, I had done some other internships. So I said, I'm looking at various kind of options yeah, yeah. for me. And um, if you'd like, I'll take a minute to, to share a little yeah. bit of this story. Um, so uh, I wrote um, uh, Millard uh, a letter one day and said, as I'm looking at different opportunities after I graduate, might you have anything for that I might want to think about? And this was two years or about maybe a year and a half after he had started uh, the Fuller Center for Housing in 2005. And he said, well, we're a new organization and um, quite honestly, probably can't pay you the way that you're looking to get paid mm -hmm. graduating from Notre Dame. And that was his negotiating line as I look yeah. back at it now. And my negotiating line was, well, if I did it, I was just thinking of volunteering. So I wasn't a very good negotiator. I mean, we paid all that money for school and look at my negotiation skills. So, but that's what I told him. And he said, well, we better stay in touch about it then. Yeah, <laughs> the price right. is right. Uh, how can you say no? But, but I was looking at some other options. I didn't know, you know mm -hmm. what, what path God was leading me towards. You know, that was yeah. a pretty big leap, I felt like, to kind of do that. Well, uh, I helped uh, our student group up there organize a week of volunteering in Albany, just south of here, for yeah. spring break. Uh, so early March of that year, still kind of had a few you know, options on the table. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, well, that would be the perfect time to come down and see if I could stop by and visit with Miller and talk to them. What would this really be like? And so yeah. I arranged that with him uh, for that week. Came down to Albany and like many visitors do, decided to go out to Maranatha Baptist Church and see President Carter teach Sunday school mm -hmm. with our group. Uh, we head out there, it was packed day. Uh, we were in the waiting room, barely got a seat by the time they seated us because of the waiting period, President Carter started speaking. I'm embarrassed. I think President Carter thinks we're walking in late because we just showed up late to the yeah. event. Uh, but they seat us down, kind of, you know, embarrassed, put your head down, sit down and look up. They literally seated me right next to Millard Fuller in this church. And so I think that was like the first miracle. Like, what's, what are the odds there that yeah. I would be seated right next to him? And then he looked right at me and probably in, in a way... Not surprising for those who knew Millard, uh, he recognized me right away and greeted yeah. me. Hey, Ryan, I feel and said my name correctly. That's a challenge. My name is not an easy last name to say, but he knew it and he could say it right That's away. So awesome. I think maybe that was that was the second miracle. And um, there's just a little more to that story. I want to mm -hmm. complete. Uh, so we left uh, church that day. We had just come from 
Northern Indiana, that's where Notre Dame is. Frozen tundra in March yeah, still, yeah. it's cold. We just thought it was heavenly down here and we saw the green grass and the beautiful March weather. Sure. And so we said, Let, let's, go, let's go find somewhere to like, just have a picnic and hang out outside. And we got to stop by a grocery store, some find some food, pick up some sandwiches. So we didn't have GPS in those days. We didn't know where the store was. So we came in one side of town, came in on 19 then, uh, turned north. We said, well, I don't know, maybe there's a grocery store up here. Well, we couldn't find the store. We ended up lost in the subdivision. <laughs> when I look at it now, it's like, there's no way we should have ended there. Because it's embarrassing how lost we were. You know? And um, we, we, we get out, we see some open land. And he's like, you know what? There's no one here. There's a like, big open lot. Let's just hang out here. So we're not really that hungry. Let's just throw a frisbee. That's what college students do, right? Yeah, and hang out here for a little bit. And so we do that. And when we get back there, I look up, and I see the neighbor kind of in a distance over there. And I said, you know, as I look at it, we're a little bit more in a subdivision than just like open field. As yeah. I thought, maybe we ought to go like just talk with the guy. Make, if he wants us to leave, we can leave. And got to start walking a little closer. And I realized that was Millard Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> we had showed up at his house in his backyard, you know, like... I actually, I wanted to hide. I kind of yeah. wanted to turn around and run because this guy's going to think like, oh yeah, he said he wanted to meet with me this week. He shows up to church. <laughs> he kind of sees next to me. He follows me to my house, walks into my backyard with 15 others that he brought with them uninvited. Wow. I thought like, well, this is probably it. The guy's never yeah. going yeah. like, to respect me again, but uh, he just puts That's his... incredible. Yeah, it really was. And he just puts his hands in the air when I try to like spit out like, hey, you know, I, I didn't even know it was your house. We just ended up here. And he said... You're on friendly territory. <laughs> and uh, I start thinking, you know, maybe God's trying to show me something. And he says, you know, sometimes God has a way of showing you something. So I said, okay, I give up. Wow. Maybe so. Maybe wow. so. So I just really felt like God had, had led, me, led me here for what was next. That's beautiful. I mean, that's, uh, that's so, all those confirmations are just so, um, and we, I don't know, I, I love confirmations. It's one of the things I think about a lot is, okay, with every decision, especially those major ones, it's, you know, if you're going to, God's going to call me to a, like a major decision. These like yeah. small little confirmations are just, I don't know, they just give you that peace, you know? And so, all right, well, let, let me ask you this. So then you're going to leave kind of your hometown, your place, you know, your, your, uh, your state to come down to the South. What were some, what were some things that even before you came for the week or, or, um, that, that you thought about the, the South as far as expectations and, and what were kind of the realities of that um, coming from your culture down here? Um, anything, any, anything that you want to share? Uh, yeah, well, you know, and I, I don't think that, that all those confirmations came because I was more faith-driven or mm -hmm. more called or something. I, I always thought it was probably because I was the most scared and the most yeah. uh, unsure and the most uh, stubborn who probably looked for excuses not to come. And thinking about, yeah, what would it be like down here? This, this totally new environment to me, um, far away. And, and, you know, I didn't, I never felt like this would be for a short-term thing just to come down here for, mm. you know, a few months or even one year. You know, I, I didn't know that could be the case, but I yeah. kind of sensed this would be longer. So what would that be like? Um, and uh, I, I had a, a positive view of the area, you know, from hearing uh, some of the stories of, of Millard Fuller and Clarence Jordan and what they had, had done here over the years. I had a, I had a positive impression of America's before I arrived, so that probably helped. Yeah. I, I didn't think this was, was uh, a terrible place to be, go and live. 
Um, but it was still very different in terms mm. of town size. And one thing I still miss here would be uh, Italian restaurants. We just don't have as many Italian restaurants as where, <laughs> yeah. I, where I grew up. Um, but uh, it, it was lovely. You know, th that was one that was uh, an adjustment for parents too. You mm -hmm. know, say, like, where, you're going where? And how small of a town is it? And is there a place to, uh, to buy food there? <laughs> buy food there? It's not that small. It's not that small. It, it is a city. It's a city. Uh, but, you know, it was a very different environment for sure. That's great. That's yeah. great. So you get here and you, you, you work with Miller for a, a full year, correct? And That's then right. kind of what, what were the dynamics uh, to kind of lead you up to today? So what, what, you know, what kind of, yeah, got you to this moment right now? Okay. What, what, was, what was it like working for the Full Center at this point? Yeah, well, and I was with Miller there for about, about a year and a half, 17 months before he passed away very unexpectedly. That was a big uh, kick to the gut, I think, for, for everyone who knew him because it was very unexpected. He was a picture of health. Uh, he was 74 years old, but about the most energetic 74-year-old you, you'd ever met and uh, inspiration. And, and I think for all of us who were involved, it was kind of, okay, so what now? Um, was this just something that we kind of were doing for him? Is this mm -hmm. something that can survive? Um, or, you know, is this something that, that God led us to? Yeah. And we had relationships around the world mm -hmm. of people who had already begun to do things in their community because of what he had started. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt like, and I know I, I felt like, um, well... It's not the kind of promotion you want, but I guess that's one way you, you get promoted. Like you got some big shoes to fill. You got a lot that you need to try to do. And not any one person's filling those shoes, but we all yeah. need to step up and try to continue this, this dream and, and this legacy. Um, and so, you know, I think that was, uh, in the initial shock of that, that was a big motivation. Mm -hmm. And of course, uh, Millard is still a big in inspiration. Yeah. But, but for anyone, I think at some point in your life, you, you don't do it because of just someone you were blessed to get to know, um, but you have to continue to feel like that God's calling you to it and that God wants you to continue to be part of it. That, that's the downside of that great calling here is how do you know when it's time to leave? Mm -hmm. like, I, I don't know if you can count on that again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've had the chance now to visit so many of these communities around, around the world. So today, yeah. uh, my, my role is with our international programs of the Fuller Center, and we okay. have partners in about 20 countries around the world. Very grassroots. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not a franchise type of model where it's very cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. It's maybe more of uh, like church planting or something where different communities are gonna have some of their own flavors and they're gonna adapt to fitting, how can they fill the, what's really needed in that community? What, what works well mm -hmm. there and what's not, not being met, what needs aren't being met? And I've seen where we're working and um, I've seen the lives that we're, we're touching yeah. And I see so many other families that still need what, what we can provide, this mm. partnership housing. I see the transformation that going from houses that we couldn't imagine here. Yeah. We do have some families who live in some difficult situations here. Um, but you know, with my work international, I also see some, some really low and sad situations that are even hard mm. for, for probably anyone here to, to imagine. And we have the opportunity, like very few people do from this level of affluence to directly be involved yeah. in their lives and to do something about it. And yeah. we're very careful not to do it in a way that's just a handout. Here, have, mm -hmm. have a house. We've come in. We've changed your life. Yeah. But it's trying to work through those local communities and to help them realize their potential so it's sustainable, so it grows over time. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to hear, I mean, just, just really quickly, just kind of like the basics of uh, um, how do you find kind of the benefactor um, and kind of what's the process, kind of, you know, what's their responsibility, what's that local community's responsibility. Um, yeah, and then just kind of share a little bit about maybe even kind of what the future is, um, kind of where, where you see the Fuller Center going. Um, so if you, you want to share anything on that, that'd be great. Yeah, so with our international programs, we go where we're invited. Okay. So uh, we don't really pick a spot on the map and say, you know, strategically, we need to open something else in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. But we have someone from there, and uh, it can't, start, can't remain one person. It has to become a group of people who would become a board of directors who would uh, appeal to us and apply to us to partner with us. Okay. Uh, they have to share kind of the, the mission and vision. As I mentioned, there's a lot of mm -hmm. flexibility within that. But there are certain elements that define who we are as a Fuller Center. It can't just be everyone doing anything that they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it has to be focused on housing, permanent housing specifically. We're not doing kind of temporary shelter. For example, after disasters, you might mm -hmm. see that. And we found that temporary shelter becomes permanent for families. So philosophically, we're, we focus our time and energy and resources on, on permanent shelter, for example. Mm. Um, this idea of partnership with families, um, that families repay the costs, that they help build the homes. So these local communities come to us, recognize the need in their area, say, yeah, what the Fuller Center does fits within what, what we need to do here. Yeah. But we don't want to go it alone, basically. We mm -hmm. want to connect and be part of a wider network for whatever reasons, mm -hmm. lots of different reasons for that. And, um, and so then th that community, they're the ones who are responsible for family selection. Okay. Uh, they have some you know, non-discrimination type, type rules uh, mm -hmm. that, that they follow, but they're the ones who actually choose the families, mm -hmm. take those applications, visit the homes, get to know the situation to make sure this is really applicable. We're not trying to figure that out from, from America, so I don't think yeah. that would make much sense or be very effective. So, <clears throat> yeah. so they're the ones doing that. And uh, we operate through them and work to support them and help them grow <clears throat> and uh, further develop themselves. Yeah, okay. Um, and one of the things that I noticed was uh, part of the Fuller Center was that you've, you connected, this is your entrepreneurial spirit in you, um, the, uh, cycling, right? So it's a part of that as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've started another uh, thing here, right, in Sumter, correct, uh, for Sumter Cycling. So uh, what, what made you think about going that route specifically about cycling? Um, was that something that just interested you or? Yeah, well, uh, I wasn't, like an avid cyclist growing up, we went on family bike rides from time to time, uh, but nothing for extremely long distances. But uh, I'd heard about a group that had done like a cross-country bicycle ride as a fundraiser. Yeah. And then I joined such a ride the, immediately after I graduated and right before I came down here. So I'd already agreed to come here. Okay. I joined a cross-country bike ride yep. and then came down here. Okay. And I said, well, that was a very interesting experience. Um, and I learned how Miller and Linda Fuller had done some marathon walks um, like 700 mile walk, 1100 mile walks, and they would uh, speak in churches and get people involved, get sponsorships. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, you know what? Uh, maybe the Fuller Center needs something like that. Uh, and I, I said, well, Millard, you're, how old would you have been at that time? Maybe 72. Okay. I said, well, you're 72 years old. We gotta go faster now, so we're gonna go on bikes instead of walking. Um, I didn't actually say that, but I did write up a little proposal for this idea on a single sheet of paper yeah. and uh, submit it to him for him to consider and went and met with him about it. And mm -hmm. he said, uh, you know, I love this idea and I'll tell you my favorite word on the page, annual. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah. I've been regretting that word ever since. Because <laughs> let me tell you, it's a lot of work to do kind of long distance, especially a cross country type bicycle rides. And that mm. is what we started doing at the Fuller Center. That's what we proposed. That's wow. what we started. We, we did one ride before he passed. We had the second one announced and some riders signing up uh, before he passed away. And uh, I had committed to annual, so here we are. At, yep. We're at year 15. It's kind of <laughs> grown. We do cross country, but we also do yeah. like some week long rides. Okay. And uh, like four-week rides, two-week rides in mm -hmm. Florida, Natchez, Trace Parkway, Gulf Coast. Mm -hmm. So we, we pick some routes that I think are attractive and, and shorter, and then also some, some longer-distance routes for those who have that, that dream. Yeah. Um, and then kind of growing out of that in a very indirect way led to sumter cycling okay, here yeah. in, in this area. So uh, kind of the funny never-before-heard never before heard story is, yes. uh, is uh, being broadcast here first. Yeah, yeah I don't exclusive. Think, I truly don't know that uh, Sumter Cycling uh, all know this story, but here it is from my perspective on that, which was one year we ordered new bicycle jerseys for the Fuller Center ride. And I said, well, we need to promote this ride. I need some people to put on these jerseys so we can get some pictures and put them on Facebook so we can promote this ride. You know, it's a new event. How are we going to do that? So I knew a few people tried like to ride bikes and mm -hmm. uh, created this Facebook group, Sumter Cycling, just called it. Yep. I said, hey, let's all get together and do a, a little ride and uh, model some jerseys for me if you don't mind. And so we got a handful of people out there who are helpful and uh, did that. And then we didn't really do much else with that group. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was a man with the River Valley Regional Commission who was helping to start uh, cycling organizations in this area. And he's looking online, well, who in this area has a cycling organization? Sumter Cycling has an organization. <laughs> Sumter County has an organization. So he contacts me and says, hey, would you be interested in starting a cycling organization here? Um, we said, well, sure. I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> so we went and met with him. And that's really what, what led to Sumter Cycling getting started in this community. And wow. So, yeah, and wow. we've had various leaders. I'm, I'm kind of back on as president, but we have a board. We're a Georgia-registered nonprofit here, and uh, that's one way we really try to kind of pour into this community and, and make some impact here. Yeah, yeah. I know one of the things that you mentioned, uh, I think I was watching kind of an old video clip. Uh, I think it was with the Fuller Center, and you were just talking about how the impact um, that you guys were doing were not just for those that you were trying to impact in country, other countries, but also just the cyclers themselves, like what they're learning and what they're experiencing together. Do you see kind of that same transition into some Sumter cycling of building relationships and community for people that may not have that, but really love bikes and cycling? Um, do you see the same value in, um, in, the, in Sumter cycling? Yeah, I think with Sumter Cycling, uh, we've definitely built a lot of friendships and connections here mm -hmm. and helped bring tourists to the area because of the events th that we plan. And I think that's a, a positive for the whole community. Yeah, we absolutely. just did a, uh, our first ever Kids Bike Fest to promote some safe cycling uh, for yes. kids. So that, that was great. And some helmet giveaways. And we've, we've done some helmet giveaways in the past years as well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're trying to help promote safe cycling, build community here. I, I will say there's nothing like a cross-country ride to get to know each other and bond. That's like a whole nother level. But what we're yeah. doing in Sumter County here, I think still is impactful mm -hmm. and also helping um, this community in the long run be able to attract some of this, uh, the impact from cycling because other communities are doing it. Yeah. Albany's doing it, Columbus is doing it, other cities throughout Georgia, throughout the United States are doing it. And if we don't have our name in there, if we don't have plans, if there's no one here volunteering their time to help the city and the county with mm -hmm. those issues, 
then those dollars flow elsewhere. They yeah. don't end up here. We want them to come here. And yeah, so yeah. that's what, what we're about in trying to attract and retain those dollars that can benefit the whole community, help us have a healthier area and a place that lots of people want to live and want to come to. Yes. And those who are here have a higher quality of life as well. Yeah, that's huge. I, I love that. And I will tell you this, one of the things, um, um, as I try to process different things or, or, or challenges, um, and I'm just kind of praying and thinking through things, a lot of times I'll try to look from different, like even physical perspectives. Like sometimes I'll just lay on the floor and I'll look up because normally I'm sitting and I'm looking straight. Uh, and one of the things that I noticed about you is you actually ride a bike to work, right? So you're getting to see the world as we're kind of driving through, right? And cycling is just another way of travel, but also gives you kind of a different perspective. You probably see trash on the road that I don't when I'm going 40, you know, down the yeah. road and you're going eight miles an hour, you know, I don't know how fast, I don't know if that's average or uh, just throwing out a number there, but, but I think that's so unique and it's so important. Um, and, I, and I love the idea of adding value to Americus by creating a different way that people can think and move um, um, in, in that way. What, let me ask you this, um, where in Americus um, is kind of just a good place to just go riding a bike? Um, yeah, we actually have on our website, sumtercycling.org, we have some routes in okay. the area, some of our favorite routes that people might, might want to check out. Uh, but just off, top, off the top of my head, we do have some on-street markings through the city of America. So a lot of people have probably seen some signs and bike symbols on the road that uh, kind of indicate mm -hmm. that's a good place to ride or some bike lanes set aside. Yeah. Uh, but there's also just some great country roads mm -hmm. in the area uh, that a lot of adult cyclists like to, to go out and teenage, you know, kids cyclists can be out there too. Uh, kids is, is always the one that's a little bit harder. There's certain neighborhoods where mm -hmm. it feels safe to ride. Um, and we like to bring our kids up to the college and on weekends especially and just let our kids ride on, on sidewalks. Young kids seem like there's no problem with that either. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, all right, well, let me ask you this. Um, as far as we're, we're kind of getting to the close, and so I want to do some like rapid fire questions with you just to kind of get a okay. chance to know you a little bit more. Um, and so, but one of the things that you've, that you've mentioned several different times, and, and this is what I love, is part of the podcast is learning how to neighbor well together. It's learning how to define community, find relationships, um, and help build genuine good relationships over a long period of time. And you've talked about uh, even just with a personal relationship, uh, getting to know uh, Millard, um, but also you've, you've created, uh, by happenstance, a, a cre an opportunity for people to find community with, with cycling. I mean, I think that's, that's great. Uh, because when I always think about, you know, Americus and, okay, where do you find community in Americus? There's, there's another pocket where you can say, hey, you know, if I like riding bikes, there's mm -hmm. a community for me. Um, and so that's, that's one of the things that we want to see more and more of is if we're going to neighbor well, where are places where community uh, is happening and thriving? Where, where do you feel like you can kind of come into that? Uh, what, what are some other things that you've experienced? Again, coming down here uh, and living in Americus, um, what are some other opportunities that you see for someone like me who is a new neighbor to find community? It's a great question. Uh, obviously, it's going to be different for different people depending on, on what you're, you're interested in. Mm -hmm. What we don't have the most of here are is planned entertainments like big sporting events and mm -hmm. concert venues and all of that. But uh, I've always been impressed by opportunities to find community in America. I think that is yeah. still a, a strength here. So for me, I, I would say um, church has been mm -hmm. a big uh, 
center of community for us um, at the yeah. church that uh, we attend on Sunday mornings as well mm -hmm. as, as other churches. Um, yeah. you know, we, we just love to connect with people who, who love God, who love Jesus, and want to, mm. want to serve Him. And, and so uh, we find that churches are generally very open to that. If we want to just come and be part, send our kids to their VBS, because yeah. our church is too small, it doesn't have one, that's fine. You know, they'll, they'll be glad to welcome our, our kids there. Uh, so awesome. that has been great for us. Um, and so now as a family with kids, we connect with families mm -hmm. uh, through their kids often. Yeah. Uh, and I think that kind of happened with us, <laughs> yeah. John, yeah. With, at the theater. Yeah. Um, and, with, and you can do that with some sports through kit, with kids. Mm. Um, Sumter Cycling, as you mentioned, is another good center of that. Yeah, so, and one of the things that we're always trying to, to learn about is, you know, to, to neighbor well together, uh, we want to be good neighbors. Um, we kind of use the term next level neighbor. It's, it's basically synonymous with being a good neighbor. What would that okay. look like if you were a next level neighbor? Um, what, are, what, what are some things as, as you've been, again, um, neighboring and also have experienced neighboring in Americas, um, what, are, what are some things that define a good neighbor to you? Hmm. Well, I, I think in your immediate vicinity of a neighbor, it's, it's tr trying to get to know those who live around mm -hmm. you. I think that's a little bit of a lost, lost art, getting to know yeah. your people who actually live next door. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. we don't sit on our front porch. I don't sit on my front porch. You have to make yeah. an effort, actually, to try to get, get to know your neighbors a little bit. Uh, so I think uh, someone who puts in a little bit of effort for that is good. And those who choose to get involved mm. in, in various ways. Uh, I've been talking a lot about kind of global Fuller Center. We have America Sumter Fuller Center here. Always needs volunteers working on, on homes with families. We love to have people come out and mm. do that. Uh, with the food pantry, um, volunteering yeah. in schools. You know, there's uh, many, many different ways, only some of which I've personally been able to be a part of. But I think yeah. that is a, a big avenue to be outward looking. And I think that's a challenge for, for churches, uh, mm -hmm. too, um, in, a, in a good way, a good challenge, you know, that we aren't designed to be uh, only a light to those who are within our doors, but to be a light into our, our community. And I think that's yeah. part, of, part of the calling that we have. That's huge. So, so if someone wanted to kind of get connected with the, the local um, Fuller Center here in Americas, I mean, just an email? Um, is there somewhere they can email you or, or call the office? Yeah, so the America Sumter Fuller Center is led by a man named Jody Wade. Okay. He, he, uh, he works out of the Client First Insurance. Okay. Uh, building and so that's actually a great place to start to go yeah. in there and just stop and, and visit with him We have people come and talk with us at our office. We are on Highway 19 on your way out of town So we have those two different offices sometimes that's it gets right. a little confusing, but uh, you can welcome stop and say hi to us We'd love to see you as well. Yeah, point but, you in the right direction But right? we'll mainly point you <laughs> the right direction for for volunteering here. That's awesome. All right couple another couple quick questions um so what's your favorite restaurant in Americas or just favorite restaurant in general? You're going to get me in trouble with the restaurants that no, I don't you're mention. Fine. You know? you're fine. Yeah. Well, what are your favorite restaurants? Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I actually love uh, Taco Ray. Okay. Um, over on 19. That's nice. great. Sweet, uh, Sweet Georgia Bakery, Cafe Campesino. Um, yeah. That we love going there as well. So some of those local classics, I love think, are it. probably the best. Yeah, love it. All right. Uh, yeah. So what is uh, what's a favorite family activity that you like to do? Well, you probably won't be surprised to learn that we ride some bikes. As I mentioned, <laughs> we bring them to the college and we do some uh, you know activities at home. We play in our yard a lot, and my daughter right now loves Uno, so we do a lot of that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, so you, and you've been to a couple of different uh, places uh, and traveling, but uh, is, there, is there a place that you would, would love to go and see or experience? 
Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think I have one place kind of burning on my mm-hmm. my mind. I have uh, Italian heritage. I've really never been throughout much of Europe or Italy. All my okay. travels tend to take me to places that are uh, in the more impoverished regions of the world mm-hmm. than, than that, but uh, that would be a fun trip maybe. Someday. Yeah, that, that sounds awesome. And yeah. I wonder if, like you said, like the Italian food, obviously, yeah, you right, know, it's... Right. Uh, It'd be, it'd be real Italian food That's if you right. get, a, get a chance to go there. Um, all right, uh, last, last question. Um, so obviously you got a pretty busy schedule. What, what's your time get, getting up in the morning? Kind of like what's your morning routine? I try to do as much as I can the night before so I can get up and get going. Yeah, uh, yeah so I'll, I'll get up and mm-hmm. uh, my wife does most of the getting the kids ready in the morning to get ready for for school i help a little bit i help more at night Uh, but in the morning i'm just doing a little bit getting myself ready i i eat uh oatmeal Mm -hmm. my breakfast try to keep it hearty and and healthy a little peanut butter in there to give me some protein yeah and uh bike to the office about three miles Um, i don't bike every day i don't want to misrepresent my level (laughs) of of cycling uh you know i'll probably bike about half the times, but usually mm-hmm. I come home for lunch, so I might bike there and back one time, drive there and back one time. Depends on the weather. Yeah. It gets too hot, too cold, rainy, I'll mm-hmm. drive. That's awesome, that's awesome. Well, Ryan, hey, go ahead. Oh yeah, all right. So I had this thing that I, that I did at the very beginning, uh, and it was, so I'm from Albany. I lived there most of my life. Okay. And Albany people are called Albanians. Are they? Yes, and so when I got to Americus, I was asking people uh, that would come through here, what what are people in Americus called? Like, do they have like a name? Yeah. Um, have you have you heard anything mm. uh, from your perspective of like what people are called in Americus? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know. I'm still waiting to find Captain Americus. I thought that could be a cool <laughs> right. superhero yeah. locally here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Um, Americasin, and you know, I don't yeah. know what, what you do. So, and I, I had, I had, I had, well, it wasn't me, but I was talking with some other friends, and we came up with the name okay. Americusian. Ah. But we haven't gotten a lot of, uh, I don't think they want to throw that in the hat uh, in their next uh, city meetings. But, uh, but yeah, so no, it was, uh, but I'm always interested in what, what people would call people yeah. from Americus. So I like Americusian. I, I, think, I think it fits well. Yeah, I, I think that could, yeah. could take off. That's know, right. Really All right. Well, maybe our entrepreneurial spirits will okay. figure this thing out. Um, so, no, thank you, Ryan, so much for coming and spending some time getting to share a little bit of your story and, and, and what God's called you to do and, and why you're here. So and uh, we'll just continue to uh, follow up with you guys and, um, yeah, just let us know what's going on. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Hope it's interesting to someone. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Awesome. You can always cut right. the last line. And we did and we did the mic. And the mic's worked. I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Oh man. Thank you, man. No, man, that that was great. Thank you, Ryan. Man, that was so fun. I love it, man. It's it's funny. I, I was actually